Hey everybody, welcome to The Instance. This is The Instance, episode 664 for February 4th, 2022. I'm Scott Johnson and I am joined today by Jocelyn Kearney, sitting over there. Hi, Joss. Hello, hello. Nice to see you back. Also, uh, of course, Garrett Weinzerl, sitting right over there. Hello, Garrett. Happy Friday. Hey, man, you got like a you got a hand on your chest that's like doing this to me. What's that about? What's going on? And then there's there's some there's there's some kanji down there. Oh, uh, what does it say? Uh, it says chopped. Oh, all right, chopped. Like the obviously, yeah, obviously. <laughs> this is a shirt from my my favorite YouTube channel. Oh, is it really? <laughs> They're Australian dudes that work on cars. Oh, oh yeah, you're uh, car stuff. Uh, yeah. Why Garrett is still not the number one YouTuber in the car category, I don't understand. We need to get that happening. Because uh, you need a lot of money because you need cars to work on. Otherwise, it's a real boring <laughs> channel. That's a good point. Nobody wants to just sit and talk it about is, them, do they? They have to cost prohibitive. Yeah. You're not going to just sit Could and you go. you like mime it? <laughs> like an invisible car and be like, if I was working on a the, 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 this thing, yeah. I'd put I do my work hand on cars, here and twist I, that thing. <laughs> I do the same thing every time. It's called oil changes and tire rotations. Nobody wants to watch that happen more than once. Yeah. That's cool, though. I would, but I'd still love to hear you talk about things like, oh, uh, Tesla announced a blah, 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 and we think that's not as cool as the other electric blah, blah, blah. And, I don't, know. I don't want to talk about Tesla. They're scary. They're, they're, they're a cult, and I don't like when cult people get mad at me. They are kind of culty. <laughs> Send your emails if that makes you mad, but you're kind of culty. You've tested don't, people. Don't piss off the cultists. They're just mad. They're just weird and mad all the time. I don't know what's going on with them. Well, anyway, we're not weird or mad. Let's we're, talk about a different cult. Yeah, World let's talk yeah, about a World of Warcraft cult in 2022. Uh, a real fast note here. They had an earnings call over there at Blizzard Activision, and deep down in there, well, it wasn't a call. It was a report. But deep down, kind of buried in the text, was confirmation that a World of Warcraft mobile title is coming out in 2022. That's this year, by the way. I just want to remind everybody that's not next year. That's like now. It is um, not still 2020. Just no, so it's not clear. You got to, yeah, you got to, sometimes you got to check, I realize, but it is absolutely not 2020. So that thing's supposed to be out this year. I don't, I don't know when, and we have no other details about it, um, except that this would beat Immortal to market, which is really weird. Garrett, you even on Twitter made a comment that kind of cracked me up. You're like, let's use the big, giant, public facing format of BlizzCon in 2018. To assemble thirty thousand people plus umpteen million at home, and and announce Immortal, a Diablo Immortal on mobile, and then not delete or deliver that forever. Still haven't, but then this thing, let's bury it down in the notes and let it slip that it's coming out this year. That's insane, isn't that weird? Well, I do also think like technically the earnings report, everyone's calling it a game or a mobile title. But the earnings report just says new mobile World of Warcraft content. Or so, sorry, new mobile Warcraft content, mm. which we already have a mobile app. So that could kind of mean anything. Like mm. they could put, I guess, mission tables are already on there, but like they could just add to that. And technically that's new mobile content. So I think a lot of this stuff might potentially be setting expectations really high. And then they're going to be like, you can access your battle pet collection and look at it on mobile. And then mm. they're like, that's our mobile content. Like, sure. <laughs> excuse me, Jocelyn, I would be very excited. <laughs> yeah. I would be very excited to rotate my adorable little pets on my phone. Okay. Yeah. I'd fair, be, fair. I want to, I want to full on just do the battles there. That might get me back in well, the game. Well, yeah, and I think pet battles has always been something that's been um, like thrown around as it would transfer well from the Warcraft universe over to mobile. But I'm not even talking about like battle functionality. I'm saying like you can just look at your collection. Mm. Like that could technically be mobile content. So until they tell us what it is, don't assume it's like Diablo Immortal. Assume it's basically nothing. <laughs> yeah, I think that's actually probably the right way to handle a, a thing like this. And people are all flipping out about it. But at the end of the day, if this yeah. ends up being, it'll actually be worse for them for not explaining themselves if this just turns out to be an added tab on the mobile app that they yeah. already have. And people are going to be like, oh, we thought we were getting a game. And it's not even their fault. They didn't give us game expectations, but they gave us something and it's enough to make players lose their minds. So if I were Blizzard, I'd get out in front of this and go, mm -hmm. hey, just for some clarification, this is not a full game coming this year. We would have announced that already if that was true. This is a blah. And then just tell us. This is an app update. Yeah, yeah, because everyone like it's not anyone's fault, I don't think. Unless you went and read the earnings report, most of the reporting is just new Warcraft game coming to mobile. Oh, my God. It's yeah. like, but is it, though? Yeah. <laughs> like, can you? Where's your comprehension level? <laughs> it doesn't matter. 
because you want to get those clicks. You want you want the clicks. Yeah, exactly. You want, you want the click. Although I, I got to be accurate if people are clicking your title. <laughs> I will say it does feel like they wouldn't bother mentioning it if it was just an update to the existing app. Like there, that's living in the back of my mind. Yeah, why and, would they announce that? Because that's a weird thing to announce in an earnings report. You know, that's odd. Yeah, yeah. Unless they're unless they're, they're doing the headline trick to their shareholders is the only thing I can think of. But the shareholders well, yeah, think, are a little. Um, I don't. I would assume they're a bit on edge right now. Um, a little so bit. maybe don't piss them off. <laughs> yeah, don't make those guys <laughs> so, mad. Don't make that cult mad. That's another cult you don't want to piss the, off. Yeah. So my my brain goes there. I, I I think everything you just said, Josh, is like super plausible. Uh, but it also there's this, this it's a nagging feeling in my brain that they wouldn't bother mentioning it if it wasn't. Some kind of like right. standalone thingy. Mm-hmm. But would they just throw it as like the second half of a sentence in an earnings report if it was yes. on the level of I Diablo have, Immortal? I have thoughts. Okay. Right. I have thoughts. Okay. No one was happy about Diablo Immortal. It was bad press and it hurt the stock price. They just announced acquisition by Microsoft, which sent the stock skyrocketing to a point that made me go, God damn it, why didn't I buy some when I thought about buying some? Yeah. Um, and That's so like you're, they're doing well right now, at least as far as value of the company is concerned, mm-hmm. you know, us at home are like, Hey, we would still like a games games would be nice. Um, but, but as far <laughs> as corporate America is concerned, they're doing, they're doing just fine. Yeah, they're doing after. better than they were three weeks ago, which is what, yeah. uh, th- that matters to them. So yeah, who knows? I don't know. Like we yeah. talked last week I, about the announcement of the, of the survival game coming right on the heels of this announcement. I don't think that was an accident or just happenstance. Of course they would do that. Why wouldn't they do that? Like put yeah. the best, put it, the best bone. I on think it. that was still double edged too, right? Because they've been bleeding talent, and so while yes, it's a good time to announce it to kind of like make the company look good while it's already looking good because they're going to a new a new leadership. Uh, I think it's also good, like it's good timing to attract talent. Like, hey, Kotick's only here for one more year. Come work <laughs> on a cool game, please. Mm-hmm. Will someone? Pl- well, Riot, please stop taking all our talent was yeah. kind of how I, I I also felt about it. I think it all kind of worked. It, it, I think that was just a win-win-win for them. Like, yeah, between Riot and all the spinoffs of Blizzard, they sucked up all the all the big names um, yeah. that they used but, to have. But so. Back to the, the mobile thing, like, because I was you know talking to some folks on Twitter about it, and, and uh, a lot of, like, I was just kind of cracking wise, and a lot of folks were like, well, I think this is smart. There's, there's a lot of money in mobile. It's very successful. It's very successful in China, where Blizzard has already a, a strong foothold. And I don't disagree with any of that. But I think at the end of the day, you do still need to like take into account like the stuff like make mobile games, but like maybe they're doing a new strategy where like maybe we just don't make a big deal about it because Mm -hmm. U.S. isn't going to be our biggest market for it anyway. But the U.S. is the most vocal affect your public image market, (laughs) and it really is. Like people commenting on Reddit, the people commenting on the forums, the people writing on Kotaku's and Polygon's and PC gamers and all of that type of stuff. They're for a lot of them are North Americans. A lot of it is English speaking essentially is what I'm trying to say. Cause yeah. you also have, you have a lot of European writers as well. Of course. Um, so yeah, that's just all my thoughts about it. it. It's just, I don't know. It's fun to look at the strategy of it. And I wouldn't be surprised if that's playing a role where they're like, yeah, yeah, maybe we don't need to make a big deal of it. Cause it's just going to make people mad. I have to ask myself if I'm willing to spend 15 bucks a month just for a transmog like dress up app, you know, like give me an <laughs> app where I'm just dragging a, you know, a chest piece over and going, oh, that's nice. Let's see if these boots match and just do that all day. Is that worth my 15 a month? I don't know. Probably not. I'm thinking. I'd, um, I'd be into that, especially if it to- like if I could like make add things I don't have and it would tell me where to go to get it and I can make like a transmog shopping list. Oh, that isn't bad. I think the game should have more of that There's anyway. Tons of add-ons to do that. There are, but know, they're not but good. I, they're all janky. Some, they're some all basic functionality in the transmog, like built-in. Stuff yeah, yeah, yeah. The problem with those collection. those mods is those mods always seem super janky to me and never really quite did what I was hoping it to do. Like to there, there is a better version of my transmog shopping list yet to be made, or at least last I played the game, they didn't exist in the way I wanted it. But. There's also something to be said for stuff like that, that you can have fun with when you're not able to play the game. Yeah. Uh, which is when I am mm-hmm. screwing around on my phone. Yeah. Which is why I want the pets. I well, would do don't that. Don't worry. They'll just put an in-app purchases thing and you'll be able to just like select from a store, all the pieces of armor that you'd like to have. And for a mere nine 99, you can have it Garrett. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's all yours. <laughs> and if there's a good enough mod, no uh, need to go in the game at all. If there's a good enough add on adhesive wombat play, has a good point. Play a game. You know, I've got this great new game. It's so realistic. It's called Going to the Store. Yeah. Yeah, the store. They've got, they've got physical dressing rooms. What? 
What? Yeah, and you can go wow. in and they have mirrors. And depending on what state you're in, you may or may not need to wear a mask. Now that well, your state, you're, you'll be all right in Florida. You'll be fine. Actually, what? most of my state as well. Yeah. Uh, look for the red ones is all I'm saying. Hey, moving on. Let's uh, get to our big topic this week, which is still about Warcraft. Funny enough. Check it out. The inevitable but seemingly impossible has happened, you guys. WoW has gone cross-faction or shortly will. Only took about 10 years since we started asking about that on this show <laughs> and, and uh, everybody else and their dog asking for such a thing. Uh, it's going to happen. And uh, right now, the Alliance and Horde are very separated, uh, despite a couple of sort of uh, events where you do work together or at least come across each other's path in certain instances. Uh, they're going to make it so you can form parties together across dungeons, raids, and raided PvP. Uh, this isn't available yet, but the change is planned for release as part of the eventual 9.2.5 update. Sometime after the upcoming major patch, Eternity's End. So that will happen, and then the, this little add-on will come a little bit later. And my immediate brain said... Well, this must be drop off and subs and, the, and they're having to do this to get populations on servers under control. And, you know, if you if you've got really uneven uh, sort of horde alliance problems on certain servers, then you really open yourself up for issues, even though you're often pulling, uh, you know, from server groups into different groups to try to help make make up for that and pad it out. Uh but that leaves some guilds in a bit of a twist because they've got both horde and alliance factions and they can never get those two groups of people together, really. And if they're uneven in any way, it makes it worse. So that's my cynical answer right out of my face. But I don't know if that's actually it. So before we get to how it actually is going to work, I'd love initial impressions here. Like, Jocelyn, why do you think they took this long? And what do you think they... What What's this to accomplish now? Honestly, I think you're pretty bang on because... Um Sub numbers, I think, like, obviously, I don't actually know sub numbers. Everything is very uh, just like anecdotal. My experience is running a raid team right now. And I mean, like, we can't, we actually couldn't even run on Tuesday because we couldn't field 10 players. Wow. So I'm, and, and at the beginning of Shadowlands, I was turning people away because we were at the cap of 30. So, like, <laughs> our raid team is less than a third of the size it was when Shadowlands launched a year and a bit ago. So, I have to think mm. <laughs> that subs are down. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, I don't think it's an unreasonable stance to take. And 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 why would they not do this, do this in the future? In the past, was well, they didn't have that problem, so why address it with that? You know, they they can keep this illusion of factional warfare and and uh, the purity of the horde v alliance and never the twain shall meet sort of thing. They can maintain that for as long as they can, but at some point, the numbers are the numbers. We're eighteen years in. Like you got to do something and this is the something <clears throat> and and we'll get into why it doesn't actually, I I think it actually doesn't harm the Horde versus Alliance uh, construct of the game. Uh, I'll get to that in a sec, but Garrett, your, what was your first take when you heard this? Uh, that I, I booed Ian Hezekostas at the last BlizzCon when he said doing this wouldn't make sense. Yeah, when he said that, I went, eh, I think it'll <laughs> I was like, do you know your own game? Like, have you ever seen a story from Warcraft play out? Because uh, this shit happens literally when there's a minor inconvenience. Did you guys know I was <laughs> I was afraid they were going to get mad at me for asking that question because it wasn't on the list. I, I don't know if I ever told anyone this. I asked that question in the Q&A, at least that part where, where they answered it, because uh, I just really wanted to know if this was ever going to happen. And I was I was actually a little worried because I was supposed to field a lot of these before we did the thing. And that's I think that's when he said no. It's not, we're not, you know, basically just shot it down. And here we are, what, a year, not even a year later, just short of a year later, they're doing it. Anyway, sorry, continue on with what you were saying. Uh, yeah, well, <laughs> yeah, this was answered at 2019, wasn't it? Was it 2019? Oh, I was thinking this year because I asked him, I asked him again this year or last year, sorry, that. 2020. The one where we did it at home is the one I'm the thinking The online of. one, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I was yeah. sitting at the Patrick and he like gave me an eye like, what are you doing because yeah. we, 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 you were booing yeah, yeah I'm like it's a stupid <laughs> friggin answer you like oh you're one of those yeah. Americans <laughs> <laughs> so wait a minute you actually booed like audibly booed 
No, he literally went, boo. Oh, my Lord. <laughs> it's BlizzCon. You're messing around. Although I do think it's a stupid-ass answer. Yeah. Like, I yeah. really think, like, it, like I don't know. I think um, I'm going to make some enemies. I think if you think this is a bad idea, you have no idea what Warcraft story is. Mm. I think you well, pay I think no attention. From a, from a uh, lore standpoint, I think you're right. There's uh, some implementation things that I think are real concerns. But in terms of lore, Gary, you're right. Like, Every single expansion has been, we need to come together against insert big bad here. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's very much that. <laughs> I agree. Totally agree. Um, but yeah, going back and even like Warcraft 3 had that shit going on. Like, yeah. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> Thrall and Jaina. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. Come on. We know there's there's some horrible human orc hybrid babies <laughs> out there somewhere. Uh-huh. <laughs> well, I don't know. I wasn't really thinking of that, but okay. Yeah. Now that you mention it. Uh, Bane's got a real look in his eye, if you know what I'm saying. Yeah. Um, no, I mean, this is something yeah. I've always wanted. Like, I, I really, yeah. I've always wanted to do this. It, to me, like, like uh, PvP concerns aside, I was like, why? Why can't I run a dungeon with with my alliance buddy or my horde buddy, depending on what faction I'm on? Yeah. Well, and they've already kind of addressed that in PvP because there's the mercenary system, right? So, like, if you're on an underrepresented fa- or sorry, an overrepresented faction, you can just say, "Hey, I want to go play for the other faction for a shorter queue time," and you're just a, a merc at that point. And that's why I'm so- glad you're here, Jeff, because I have not touched <laughs> PvP in World of Warcraft since like <laughs> long time. Yeah, very long time. So yeah, at least yeah, one of us. So is- it's like so the PvP concern and even like mechanically lore whatever is already been addressed in terms of alliance versus horde. So. Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. then what are the concerns? Let's do it. Yeah. What do you what, what, what do we think their concerns are? I mean, I know what they think their concerns are, but um, chat room says, are the subs down or is overall engagement down? I don't know if it matters. Does it matter if you're not? I mean, engagement means no one's rating. If you're talking about rating, let's just take rating as an example. Low engagement means they might be subbing, but just doing other things because nobody wants to raid. Uh, so I guess there could be a difference, but effectively... It doesn't matter. Like if they're going to have end game content and no one's engaging with it, whether they're not subbed or they're just not playing that content, they got to do something about it. I would argue that this doesn't fix the potential reasons people are maybe rating less, though. If the, if that's a problem, I'm actually just assuming that rating is happening less f- for possible other reasons. So if we go with that scenario in our heads, the only reason it, there's not just the one reason that, oh, well, uh, there's not enough faction balance. If people aren't rating, it might be because some of the, maybe the rating's not as good as it used to be, or maybe people are a little tired of it. So Joss is someone who raids in the team here uh, currently and still. Do you think the content is as compelling as it should be? Is it uh, getting tired? Are you wanting something new? Like, is that part of this reason that they're doing this? Well, I mean, we've been raiding the same raid since July. So <laughs> like, oh, it's yeah. definitely uh, an absolutely ridiculous lack of content on the rating side right now. Uh, and that's, that's contributing for sure. Um, but in terms of like the, the raid itself, this last raid sanctum of domination was one of my least favorite raids I've done. It had some interesting encounters, but the raid itself was just such a time sink. Like before you get to the first boss, you have to kill like, 10 to 15 minutes of trash, depending on how high your damage is Mm -hmm. before you even get to the first boss. And then the whole entire instance has these crazy long runbacks. And it's just like, it felt a lot like they're just trying to keep us in here longer. Mm, I hate (laughs) being the the base design of the raid just felt. (laughs) I don't like feeling that way. I don't like feeling like I'm being artificially, Mm -hmm. you know, that's, that's why that trash balance has always been, a tricky well but it wasn't even like trash it was just the size of the raid like the length of the hallways was insane (laughs) and i get that you're trying to portray like big scale like this is you know the jailer's domain but like come on (laughs) Mm -hmm. yeah yeah for sure uh so let's get to what this thing actually is uh or what they what they say they're going to do players will be able to directly invite members of an opposing faction into their parties so Horde to Alliance, Alliance to Horde, obviously. If they are already friends via Battle Tag or Real ID, or if they are uh, members of an existing cross-faction community, these are the people you can invite. When making pre-made groups in the Group Finder tool, they can open applications to members of both factions or just their own faction. Uh, they'll So you can, I guess you can still control that artificially if you want to just keep it to Horde or whatever. 
Um, let's see. They'll be able to communicate through party chat while in the game and trade items. Uh, I assume outside the game as well because that, that chat happens in the app. Uh, fight together and earn achievements while inside instances. Meanwhile, guilds and all other random matchmaking activities will stay same faction. So this isn't actually going to help you if this is a guild-only raid that you're right. doing. Uh, you would this this would only help you if this is like, hey, it's me and ten of my friends, and we're just sort of scattered all over the place. Um, anyway, players will still remain unfriendly or hostile out in the world even if they play together. So let's say you met at a stone instead of porting each other in or whatever. <laughs> you're still technically kind of PVP in it out there if you wanted to. Um, yeah, if you're in war mode and you're in a party, it doesn't matter. You can still kill each other yeah. and people can kill you. And as far as I understand, that would also mean that like if Garrett and I are in a party, I'm Horde, he's Alliance, and I'm a healer and he's taking damage from some other random Horde person, I can't heal him either. Right, <laughs> like right. we're, we are hostile. So Sure, I understand. Sure, you can't heal me. I yeah. can't, yeah. Mm-hmm. You can't. Can't or won't, Josh? Can't or won't. Little bit call me, little bit call me. Yeah. <laughs> like can't, but wouldn't if I could. Yeah, if you could. There you yeah, go. But, you know, you should have been a blood elf instead of a night elf. So I'm sorry. <laughs> well, this is an interesting point because at least that's more fun than the usual sitting around you have to do. I don't know. You could have some real, you could have some real take each other down moments and screw off like that before the raid's ready. And I don't know. There's something to be said, I suppose, for that if you're friends or whatever. Um, a handful of instances with explicit faction divided components will also not work with this cross uh, faction stuff, at least on the outset. And that's an important point because I think they plan for more of this later. But anyway, this includes battle for uh, Dazala. I never say this one right. Dazaralor. Dazaralor. There we go. Uh, Trial of the Crusader, Ice Crown Citadel, although these may be worked in, or reworked in the future. Because if you remember any of those encounters, specifically Ice Crown Citadel in my memory, there are parts of that thing that, that the entire scenario is is about you being separate and sort of racing to get the get the Lich King and you know there's it's it's not the oh, kind yeah, of thing the you can easily battle sell. which is is a very Horde v Alliance yeah. and when you just first walk in you have like faction leaders right. hanging out there in in Arthas's foyer yeah you know, <laughs> listening to Bolvar scream as he's tortured yeah that's back when I had a uh, Rain of Arrows what was it called Volley Camp- Volley I loved Volley oh man. <laughs> Freaking miss Yeah, yeah I had a, a, a consecrate and make a sandwich. That's how I tanked as a paladin. <laughs> yeah. Did you, could you actually get up and go do the sandwich? How'd you, how would you move forward? Would you uh, you just sort of, uh, someone in the team would say, Garrett, we've taken care of this. this. I mean, I, I, off tank, warrior, you got this. That's great. That's go thunderclap. You got it. But that's also, we're talking about an era where this separation of, of factions had a big deal, you know, had a, had a lot more to do with with the way they decided to tell the story and and sort of lay out the game. Uh, so this is all about to change and those things may get reworked. Here's what Ian Hazakosa said regarding why this is tricky and not more wide ranging within the game to start with with this patch. It says on a fundamental level, the code was written to assume a party has a faction and that pa- party's faction is Horde or Alliance. Uh, he says there's a bunch of little things in the game that reference that. So it's been a large undertaking of collaboration between our gameplay engineers, our UI, and our content and systems designers. And some of them, uh, some of it is also assumptions made in different instances about the group being one faction or the other. We're doing work to unwind and account for the vast majority of those. Some of them are beyond the scope of what we can really deliver in legacy content, like Dazalazar's are. Uh, we want to get there someday, he says. Uh, we want to be able to support it. Uh, so if you can do your transmog runs, so you can do your transmog runs with your friends. Um, yeah, so it's not gonna be perfect. It won't be, it's not going to cross the the run of the entire history of the game, but it sounds like moving forward it would. And that's where I have this hot take. I think the next expansion will be designed around this, uh, or at the very least be extremely amenable to this idea that the factions are no longer so separated and what that means in actual gameplay i don't know but i think we're 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 about to get past the idea that faction matters it's going to not matter so much and i think i'm okay with it but part of it feels like we lost a little something maybe possibly if my prediction comes true any thoughts on that you think i'm right am i wrong what do you think what do you think our new expansion will be with with no faction walls man 
tear down that faction I feel wall, like it'll Garrett. Be whatever story they want to tell without faction walls, which is kind of the stories they already tell for the most part. Yeah. Pretty much lately, there was Battle for Azeroth was a big exception to that because like the the, the a, ma- a major arc of that was a was a faction war. Well, but um, even then, I mean, that was like the beginning of the expansion, right? Like we came together fairly quickly as soon as there was the whole like Ashara thing, and then we had the Nazoth thing. Like there were there were two major patches in BFA that threw factions out the window and just kind of yeah. like mended fences. So yeah, I now, mean, granted we did have two years of them being like, it's not Nazoth guys. We promise it's not yeah. Nazoth. <laughs> um, but now, I mean, from a, from like a mechanical standpoint, we literally had like yeah. horde continent, continent, alliance continent. Yes, like, yeah. There was, there was a clear theme for sure. Yeah. Um, even though it very quickly became everyone against Sylvanas because <laughs> uh, a horrible person wrote this story and it's terrible. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but yeah, like, it's, that's two weeks now. It's that's two that's weeks that. now. Garrett's been able to slide that sword between the ribs. I like it. Well, two, two weeks. <laughs> Nothing wrong with it, man. When I think about how much I hate what they've done to Sylvanas, and then I found out how horrible the person was that had a major hand in writing a lot yeah. of that, mm-hmm. I'm just like, yeah, this this sucks. You suck. You should all feel bad. Yeah, everyone should feel bad. <laughs> Um, but yeah, it's, uh, it, I think it'll be fine. They've told so many stories, most story, more than not, the stories end up in a cross faction coming together across aisles to defeat a major threat. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So no, you're right. And, it's interesting because yeah, most it, other MMOs have avoided this, uh, entire trope by st- they still having factional stuff in their games. But when you play the game, play a day, like you're just questing or you're in big cities or whatever, uh, or even chatting, you're not seeing other some weird language in chat. You're not, you know, experiencing this this weird disconnect between what somebody else chose and what you chose. You play there Elder Scrolls. There's even like tagging mobs and like making that then unavailable to you. It's like when I'm out questing in ESO and some other player runs by, I have no idea what faction they are, and it doesn't matter. We just kill a thing together. We both get loot, and we say huzzah. Yeah, it might matter later when you end up in a PvP match with them, but you just you know you'd never know because no. you don't know what they've chosen. And there is you know there's some open world aspects to PvP in that game, but it's everyone opts into it. It's not like a hmm. a, a foregone conclusion. That's one example. Um, Final Fantasy fourteen uh, is similar, or actually just does away with that, right? Isn't everybody kind of on the same side? They're all just fighting batshit crazy anime monsters, right? Garrett, you're playing. What, uh, I was going to say, I'm like, I have no idea. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, that's uh, all they yeah, do. Well, I, the, the way it handles, yeah, I mean, there are there's like you you join a faction, but they are representative of like the three great nations in Aorzea. That work together um, all the time. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And and I mean, if you play through, there's like, there's very much like kind of Game of Thrones pol- politics going on. But for the most part, try not to get into spoilers here. Everyone gets along, gets along. Like they're all, we're all in it together. Yeah. There's definitely major arcs where that's not the case. But for the most part, the main leaders try to get along and try to, you know, work together towards a common goal. Sure. And so you aligning with one of those three major factions is, is like, I don't know, for me, I, I was asking around, I'm relatively new, so I don't know if this changes later on, but I was asking, I was like, does it really matter what I, what I join up? They're like, I don't, they're like, no, do you think elves, pirates, or warriors are cool? That's really all it's asking. I was Kinda. like, well, I like pirates, so I'm going with pirates. Yeah. So I'm, yeah. Yeah. Pi- and pirates are cool. I like that place the most, except the name of the town can bite me of the main city that limsa lipsa lipsa freaking sucks it's a horrend it's a terrible name that's not cool pirate limsa. name limsa is a cool i think limsa is a cool limsa lo- ask your doctor if limsa is right for you <laughs> i'm glad both of our heads went the same place scott honestly <laughs> i really hate it i don't like it well, i don't like when got, people talk about the hottest it. leader too so you know she's if, awesome if don't lim- get me wrong if your limsa lasts for more than three hours uh <laughs> join and her name's join. weird her name's like Greta Merlin. Von Schlupa Barfabufa or whatever a, it is. She's a murderous psycho when it oh, comes I like to her. war. I like Love her. It. Her words, her name's just ridiculous. But my point is, <laughs> like, if you want to be a cool pirate, it should be called Bloodrock or something cool. Not Limsa Lipsa Lapsa. I hate it. Anyway, it doesn't matter. Someone please clip my rant here and, and put it against me, you know, six months ago <laughs> saying I will never do a Final Fantasy fourteen show. <laughs> Someone could just slap those two together. Yeah, uh, I'd really appreciate. It. I have not gotten enough of sh- like enough shit for 
playing Final You're Fantasy 14. flopping. Yeah. <laughs> I was looking at Kyle like, dude, I'm really starting to like this game. People are going to be all over me. And everyone's just like stoked I'm playing. Yeah. I think what happened there, I really do think this, it was timing. You made this flip during a time where a lot of people were making this flip. <laughs> and uh, a lot of people were looking for a place to land when they left WoW. And you happened to be, you know, experimenting at that time. And I think people are way more forgiving at the moment. Given it's, that, it's so. been interesting for sure. That's definitely the vibe I get. Yeah, yeah. I, I've seen a few comments that are like, oh, you don't really need to compare it to WoW anymore." And I'm like, "I don't know. It's like it's a journey that I'm on, and and for the most part, a lot of other people are on the same journey. So I think I think that's why why I'm finding success like doing some Final Fantasy content is because sure. I think I'm I'm in the same the same place as a lot of people who are coming over over from from other MMOs. Yeah, for sure. Um, I uh, the one thing I, I I think that they can do with this with this change. That again, I think aligns itself with what other most MMOs settled on, and you can almost say like, well, it was it was brave and daring for for WoW to start out with this plan to be, to be very faction specific, to stick with what made the RTSs before it so unique. This you know humans versus orcs kind of world. We want that to persist. We'll add new races, but they will still be opposed, and there'll be tenuous oppositions. And you know, it's a very high minded goal, and I think those were good goals. I just think we're to the point now where it's just not going to be, it's not chief among your problems. Uh, chief among your problems is keeping players interested and making sure you can play with your friends. And, and I think that this gave way to that while other MMOs probably just said that in the beginning and went, ah, let them all play together. Like, what are we trying to do? Why are we trying yeah. to separate people? It's, it, like it, I get it in the earlier days of WoW for me, it was a big deal. And it was a big part of like the kind of the, the outside of game culture of world of Warcraft as well. Like, I'd be walking around school and it was everyone had horde or alliance patches or pins or stickers on their car. We had we had gone to the like the 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 freaking shop and like laser etched a horde symbol out of a plastic and hung it on our on the wall of the house we were freaking renting in, in college. Like it was a big thing. And like we'd throw house parties and the Alliance kids would show up and we'd, we'd give them shit and make them drink the crappy beer. Mm. Like it, it, <laughs> As it they just, should. <laughs> yeah. Would, I just swapped from Alliance. So it was just, you know, it was just part of the fun. I don't like me personally. I've been on both factions so many times. It doesn't mean a lot to me now, but, but it was a fun part of the mm -hmm. game. Yeah. Um, that was like a big part of the whole identity. The, the, like the coolest thing about WoW for me, and now I'm, I'm experiencing with Final Fantasy 14, is that you know at its height it had such a reach beyond the game itself. Right. Uh, and it was like it was this social club that like if you knew you saw someone with like a hunter pin, you're like, oh shit, what's up, dude? What are you playing? What level are you at? What do you? What's your race? What's your faction? What server you on? PvP or PVE? And it was just this. You you could make friends instantly mm -hmm. with people like, like strangers uh, if you knew you, they played this game. Yeah, you could be at a um, store but, wearing a T-shirt and they could say "For the Horde" and you'd know what they meant and you'd thumbs yeah, up and yeah. move on. Right? Yeah, I totally yeah, agree. So like, I get it. I get the people are like, ah, God, this this feels like something's being lost. And, I, and to a certain degree, yeah, I think something is is being lost. But they've already started to relax it with PvP things. I completely forgot they did. Um, and but like over the years, I just think it's become less and less important. Um, and also the stories they've told, which I don't think all of them are inherently bad. I haven't been particularly stoked on the story lately. But you know, they, the Horde and Alliance always come together, and I always, in my head, I always thought like, why not? Why not just? Why can't I go run a dungeon with my cross faction buddy? I really don't see why that's an issue. Mm. Um, I do like that Ian gave this information that in some places it's a hard coding issue. Yeah, um, yeah. which makes sense, and I hadn't ever considered that most people don't like this stuff's never as easy as we all think it is it's like we'll just make them work together or make them play together it's a problem like it's not it's not that simple there's usually a lot more to it this is legacy code in a lot of cases and they gotta you know that's a that's a pretty heavy rework to take this fundamental spine of your you know structure of your of your game and to to change it you can't just do that willy-nilly but part of me thinks that some of this i'm not saying i have any insider info on this or i know this for sure i just get the feeling that it's maybe made a less it's made less difficult or it's a little softer of a change for them because there's a lot of sort of nationalistic factional division in real life right now in lots of different places and ways maybe we don't want it in our games as much you know let's make it more about coming together i don't know maybe i'm just saying i, I think yeah, that's always true though and I, it, it's just certain to me i've I, I think tribalism can be fun 
in, in certain aspects. Uh, and, and I see it across all kinds of different hobbies and, and social groups. Like we were talking cars at the, at the top and there's tons of that in cars and it can be fun. There are people who take it too far and are absolute dicks about it. Um, but like, well, you can kind of say that about anything. <laughs> yeah, That's exactly. True. I've always been a big Ford fanboy. I like Fords. Uh, my a friend I grew up with is a big Chevy guy and we give each other endless shit yeah. about Ford versus Chevy but we're still friends and I we bo- actually both think each other's cars are pretty rad. Like it, but it's just a, like a friendly rivalry. Yeah. Um, and that's where I like it. And, and, and that way I'll defend it. Cause I think it's fun and I think it can add, uh, you know, a fun layer to, to community interaction. Yeah, I totally but, agree. Especially fun in fiction to experience some of those things when they're not as prominent in real life. In other words, I love reading about some medieval sword fight part of what I like about it is we're kind of past that and nobody's having duels every five seconds and killing each other with swords. You know what I mean? No one smacked you with a glove lately, Scott. Yeah. Yeah. Nobody's had, I just watched the last duel. So it's kind of on my mind, but like, uh, this, this, this sensibility of like, we're past that and better than that, but that, but now it's fun to go back and experience that fantasy. It's a little harder when the real world is at each other's throats and claiming superiority one direction or the other. And then going and having that happen again in a game. I, maybe they're just, I'm not, again, not saying this is the impetus for any of this. But part of me thinks a little bit of their heads might be, we don't have to deal with that anymore. Or as much. Because they're uh, still going to have to deal with it some, obviously. The game's not changing that radically. You know, they're not all, mm-hmm. hang, they're not all hanging out and hanging, uh, holding hands. But I can't imagine that there's the game stepping into the future isn't still tenuously complicated because the horde and the alliance don't all like each other and you know are gonna have all whatever infights they have and don't like each other's leaders or whatever i mean that's part of the deal it's it's tribalism it's it's as it's as it's as human as our existence so how are they going to get away from that i I don't think they ultimately can i think this is more just about you want to be you want to play with your friends and make this easier and make sure you fill out your groups here you go have fun well, yeah, that's the thing. And I think that um, in general, I've noticed with the past few patches um, that there's been a bit of a shift in WoW developer, uh, I don't know, you want to say mentality or direction, but it very much seems like um, they're taking player feedback and things that they originally had said, no, never, not going to happen. This is the way we want this thing to work. They're kind of just saying, okay, fine. You know what? Obviously, you guys didn't think that our vision was fun. So here's everything that you wanted. And I think um, allowing Alliance and Horde to play together is just the next thing on that list of things that players wanted, whether you know developers wanted it or not or thought it was a good idea. It really feels like they're just like, okay, fine. Here's all the changes to the systems that you've asked us for it's a lot more fun to play now. Mm. And I don't think that's enough to bring people back who have left, but it's at least keeping people happy who are still there. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. And, you know, you're playing in a raid that would sure use a little extra, you know, whatever oomph in terms of, Oh God, that's just a write off now. I'm so glad that 9.2 is coming at some point in the next month or two, because honestly I am so done with 9.1. Like, Mm. What's the date? Oh, God, Do we have a date? Terrible. We don't have a date, do we? There's no, no date, date yet. No, okay. no date. No date officially, no. Do you think There's anyone, nothing. do you think anybody's, this is a weird question and it has nothing to do with today's topic, but do you think anyone's still running the tower thing? What's it called? Tower of... Uh, Torgast. Torgast. Do you think that's happening? Anyone doing that? Yep. Yeah? Really? You kind of have to. <laughs> oh. Yeah, it's been a while since I can't remember how tied it was to your pro- pro- progression, but I guess it is. You just have to. Yeah, you have to run Torghast to get the stuff to make your legendaries. And in the next patch, we know that you're oh, going to be able yeah. to equip two instead of one. So you have to run Torghast, which, right. which was my fear going into this expansion. I'm like, that sounds like a nightmare. Turns out it is a nightmare. It's awful, mm. but <laughs> you have to do it for your, pow- for your character's power level. Yeah, I was the- so hopeful for it. I know. Do you remember what we used to talk about? Some people do really like it. it. Some people do, but I think it's awful. It's horrible. It's like, it's just one big long trash fight until you get to one final boss. And by the time you get to him, it's meaningless because you're so powerful. It's it's so awful. It's just a time sink. It wasn't that long ago, Garrett, where you and I were talking talking about that being the thing we were looking forward to the most when it was announced. The the idealic version of it. Yeah. Yeah. Like, if it was a proper roguelike it could have been 
the killer feature of the expansion as opposed to, I think, the like the albatross hanging around the neck of Shadowlands. It's mm-hmm. just, it just weighs it down. It, 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 it's, and to me, I think I, I, I know nothing, right? I, I don't code Jack. I'm not a programmer. I'm not a developer, but it does. It seems like it's one of these things that's like so core to Shadowlands that I don't know how you would strip it out at this point. Yeah. I think they're aware. I think they're very aware that the majority of the player base is very over it, very done with it, wishes it wasn't as tied to uh, the entire length of this expansion as it is. But mm-hmm. uh, So I would be very freaking surprised if we saw anything like this ever again. Yeah. Um, but the, you know, the matter of fact is it is, it is here, um, and it's kind of, I have to imagine it is difficult to design around. The, the method that the Final Fantasy world might have taken to Torghast was, here's a new thing you can do if you feel like it. That's it. They, they have one. They, they, they do, right? They, have one they, they kind of have a yeah, thing like the that. The Palace yeah. of the Dead is yeah. basically Final Fantasy fourteen Torghast. And it, I mean, it was years before Torghast when that landed. Right. But my point um, is like, they'll make a thing like that and say, hey, for lack of a better term, a new attraction at the park. Come have fun in there. And if you like it, great. And, and you'll get rewarded for doing it, but it's not required. If you'd rather just be a bard in town and you know, play bad covers of Beatles songs. You can do that too. Like I I really like that thinking about an MMO where people have carved through your story and your scripted content. And now what are they left to do? Well, give them a variety of things to do and don't make them do really drudgery based things to get there. I I don't know why that is. I'm still a long way away. Long way away from being done with uh, sure. quote unquote leveling in, in in Final Fantasy fourteen, but the vibe I am getting is that every little side thing that has ever existed in the game is still just as relevant and just as enticing uh, at the end of every expansion as it was when it launched. Like I'm getting this like when you think back to all the things you were doing in Vanilla or all the things you were doing in BC or all the things you're doing in Wrath of Lich King, um, and some of that is still you know, things you want to go do depending on what you're into, right? In sure. World of Warcraft, like maybe you still yeah. want to go get another Drake that's still there for you. So still there. stopping you from going and doing that. Yeah. But, but it feels like there's a, a little bit more of that and it's been applied evenly across every expansion they've ever put into to Final Fantasy XIV. Yeah. Um, and I, I think it is just kind of shifting, you know, popular public opinion on kind of what people want out of an MMO. Um, you know, and everyone's a little different, right? Because then... then there's more than just two, just for the purposes of keeping this conversation manageable. We're kind of doing this one v one comparison. Sure, and there's many um, more. Yeah, I mean, I personally like yeah, the way I, ESO I, does it with like flattening the leveling system across the game. Some people don't like that. I love it because I can go do what I want when I want. Um, everybody's going to have a different take on that, but but yeah, I think we are entering a space where the social destination of an MMO is is increasingly more important than the story you did and the gear you grind. Like, I think that's going to be part of things, especially a fantasy MMO, but I think what what that place provides you in social ways, transmog, mounts, weird effects, uh, toys in the game, meeting up in weird places, doing stuff with your friends that's just fun and idle. Like, I think that's going to start taking, you know, it already is taking a bigger role for people. There are people that play Fortnite just to stay with their friends and not shooting anything. They just go in there and hang out and talk and run around mm-hmm. the world and build a quick tower out of wood and then fall off of it and laugh at each other. Like <laughs> it's super dumb. It sounds like on the surface, but once you get in there, you realize, no, 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 they're just looking for their social space. And you know, when, I, when you know, I was in college, yeah, we used to go take over when I was playing Alliance, I would go take over the Undercity Bank and we would just like sit there for like two hours, just uh, drinking Dr. Pepper and, and bullshitting. Like, yeah. Yeah. Well, and that's kind of uh, the social aspect I think is, is the biggest problem or the biggest hurdle that I'm going to have to get over as a guild leader because you can't do this cross-faction stuff in guild, right? So, like, as soon as this was announced, the first thing that, like, five of my players said, and remember, I can't even field ten, (laughs) were like, oh, yeah, we get to be night elves! Amazing! It's like all my druids were just like, we're night elves now. I was like, Okay, but that means like we lose guild chat. We lose like the guild bank functionality. Like if you guys want to be night elves, great. We can still come together and raid. But like our community is going to be split in half like that sucks. Mm -hmm. And you can make a a cross faction community, but it doesn't have all the functionality of a guild. So I'm like they could fix that. 
with having like guild housing where I could just go build a house in Azeroth somewhere and like have it be neutral and have like a bank and a, and a vendors and all the rest of it be there and be neutral, but they're not doing that. So I'm just like, oh man, like my raid team is just like, we're not going to be able to communicate in game anymore. Like half of my people are going to like, I'm going to have to make like a get your crit together alliance guild and like somehow (laughs) try to keep everybody together. Like it's going to be a real challenge, I think, unless you're the kind of guild, which we are not, that says you shall play this class, play this like race, be in this place. Like I don't dictate players' experiences like that. So, man, this has really put me in a pickle. I'm not gonna lie. Mm. <laughs> like the social aspect is a really big piece. Yeah, boy howdy. Yeah, boy howdy. Boy howdy indeed. <laughs> now, before we move on, I just wanted to make a comment, Jocelyn. I noticed you're using my uh, mouse mat from an old Nerdtacular, and I love that. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It's I, yeah. For, I love that you're ago. still using that. Look at that. I'd love it. That just made me happy to see. I think it was my first Nertacular actually in 2012. Yeah, that would be <laughs> about uh... then. Oh my god, that mouse pad's 10 years old. Yep. I don't, <laughs> I don't like thinking about it. Oh, buddy. <laughs> and still, uh, and people still... The... Oh, go ahead. Go ahead, Garrett. Where, where there, where it's the Stormtrooper walking the ATAT. I have that one. It lives in my laptop bag. Oh, good. That's where it should live. That's a great place for that to live. It's a wandering notepad with a wandering monster on it. It's, or a wandering it's robot. It's been all over the States. Uh, these, uh, this one still gets stolen all the time, and then someone tries to make shirts out of it or whatever, and I have to take to tell some websites to tear them down. In fact, a guy tried to sell me an NFT of this once. <laughs> I bet he did. Yeah, of I my own my I, own thing. It annoyed me. Scott, are you saying that NFTs are scams? I'm saying a lot of NFTs are scams. I can't I can't believe I can't believe you're telling me there are scams happening in NFTs. Yeah. Feels a little scammy when someone tries to sell your own artwork that you have a 28 layer Photoshop file of on your own hard drive trying to sell you that and actually minted it. They minted it and put it on OpenSea. A-holes. OpenSea took it down, though. Anyway, uh, let's move on to what we were playing this week. And we'd love to hear your feedback, by the way. We'll get to emails in a second. Uh, I did want to mention I picked up Dying Light 2, or actually got a code from the developer for the new Dying Light game, which is a sequel to Dying Light 1, obviously a very popular, uh, well-thought-of zombie game where you had to try to not be out at night or else the zombies got real bad and, and killed you. A lot of parkour elements, that sort of stuff. Uh, this is more of that, but really emphasizing the traversal aspects of it. The parkour in this is so freaking fun. I really recommend it. I was unsure because I think the acting kind of sucks. I think the story so far is a little <laughs> fine, a little rote, whatever. Graphics are amazing. I'm playing it on a 3080 and it's beautiful. Uh, the The ray tracing stuff is insane in that game. If your computer can handle it, I highly recommend it. <laughs> Horizon 1070. <laughs> yeah. Horizon 1070, exactly. Uh, but 80s even starting to feel a little, little long in the tooth over here. I got real lucky real early on this, Jen. But anyway, the the, the it's really rad. And and moving around that world just feels great. And you're, you're in constant run mode. So there's no sprint mode. You're literally sprinting all the time. And it just feels, it feels real good. I'm just surprised. Also, killing zombies with bats and axes uh, feels as good as it ever did. So... Uh, if you're into it, that just came out yesterday, in fact, and uh, I, didn't I like it. Didn't realize that it come out. I, I it look. I never played the first one, but this it looks good. It looks fun to play. So yeah. I'm glad to hear that it is fun to play. Yeah, the the first one I think was good, and it had a good overall package, but it wasn't the minute to minute play. The mechanics of it weren't as fun as I felt like maybe they could be. This feels like a huge step in that direction to make it way more fun to play. But kept it, you know, big and 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 exciting and a little scary and and all of that. Um, and I'm not that far into it to give it like a full review or anything. But my first impressions are good. But boy, the acting's bad. It's really bad. <laughs> Some of it, I not all of it. Some of it's Jill. okay. The man, not that bad. It's not nearly as bad as Jill or Barry, but it's it's pretty bad. Uh, Joss, you played one of my favorite games of last year. Tell us about Inscription. Oh, really? Yeah, I love this game. Uh, okay, so this this is the kind of game that everyone says, oh, you got to play it. You're going to love it. You got to play it. You're going to love it. Why? Well, because there's cards. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah. Um, so it, Inscription is a deck builder, which I traditionally do not like. <laughs> mm, not your favorite, but, is it? Uh, you like the CCGs, but not really the builders very much. Yeah. Like I like to I like somebody else to be smart and build me a thing so I can steal it and play it. 
yeah. <laughs> which this is not. Um, that being said, uh, I did really enjoy. So I haven't quite finished it yet. I mean, there's it's split into kind of three different sections. So I finished the first two sections. I'm into the third now. Um, and so far, the part of it I liked was the first section. I really liked the UI and the way that it, you interacted with the card game. Mm-hmm. And I really liked the kind of creepy horror, like stuck in a cabin in the woods vibe. And they throw it out for the last two thirds of the game. So I'm kind of like I'm playing through it now and I'm like, okay, this is still kind of cool. In the second act, they introduce like a whole new deck building mechanics, three whole new deck building mechanics instead of just the one from the first act, which is kind of cool. But then, yeah, it just... I don't know. I I get what they're trying to do. And it's from the same people that made Pony Island, which has a very like outside the game stuff going on too. like it's it's bigger than you think it is. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I don't know, man. Like I I really liked the the vibe of the first section and it's lost me later on. Mm, That's a bummer. I I really liked everything I played all the way through, although I guess I didn't finish finish it, but it's uh there was something about that kind of lo-fi graphic take that really, really got me. And yeah, because you're into that. all the retro stuff too. Like as yeah. soon it as the, like, it, it's, yeah, yeah. It's like a, I haven't played this because I hate deck builders. Um, but it looks, <laughs> it looks like 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 PS One N sixty four. It's got this like oh, yeah. retro three D. Oh yeah, which yeah. is becoming more and more of a common thing I'm seeing. And I love, I love that retro three D is a is a aesthetic now. I'm glad it's working because I was worried that would never happen. Like pixels, I get it; they're forever, and everyone will always make pixel art, and it'll always be cool. But I worried that that PS One era kind of crusty, jittery, you know, uh, poorly, you know, jaggy edge looking polygon crap was never gonna have any sort of resurgence. And they figured out kind of a metal kind of guerrilla way to make it work and this is a good example of that devolver makes you know they they publish games they don't they didn't develop this as one guy but mm-hmm. uh they publish games like this all the time and i absolutely love the aesthetic so it actually works really well um but yeah if you don't like deck builders ultimately like real like, i really like deck builders as opposed to ccgs it's more my jam so i like slay the spire i like you know monster train these kind of games really uh, get me then you'll probably really like this game um, but even Joss, who doesn't like deck builders, looks like he got far enough to at least appreciate the weirdness that is inscription. So, it's yeah, cool. I kind of just wanted to see like where the story was going, but even that really hasn't hooked me necessarily as much as I would think. I'm just basically I'm playing it to get to the end because my co-host on Gamers In played it and said he beat it in ten hours, and I was like, I can do that. <laughs> It's more of a competition now. Yeah, but oh my God, he just had the most RNG horseshoes up his butt ever because (laughs) it took me 10 hours just to get through the first part. And he's like, oh, well, you just have to go for these things. I'm like, those are all offered to you randomly. You're not guaranteed any, like you got the best possible build on your first run, you ass. <laughs> yeah, no, that's true. You know what's great, though? Uh, Bill Duran, our mutual friend Bill Duran, who makes a bunch of props and stuff, usually in and around video games, he made a... Do you know how you get the extra squirrel, Jocelyn, as a... Yeah, as squirrel a, in a bottle. In a bottle. He made that. He made the, a dirty-looking, nasty, used-up-looking bottle with a cork in it, and inside, a custom print of this... Of, of that i mean it's amazing it's amazing it's amazing <laughs> yeah it's so good well and that's the thing i loved the aesthetic of the cards in the first section i loved how you were just like sitting at this table playing yeah. with this guy and it was like you were across the table from him instead of like this weird like apparently it looks like um the pokemon like uh, game boy game or something like that the the in the second section that's how the game's set up for you is just like this thing on the screen. And I just, I don't know. I, it, it lost me hard mm. when it switched aesthetics in the second act. Well, I still say people should check it out. Maybe get it on, get it on, uh, uh, you know, I don't know. It'll be on sale at some point. And also well, yeah, you, it was on, it was on sale when I picked it up oh, you did, um, good. through the, the winter sale or okay. whatever on steam. Yeah. It seems like they're having nonstop sales these days and it seems like yeah. red dead redemption two really wants me to buy it for $30. I don't know why that's always up front. <laughs> Have you noticed that right? As soon as you open steam, red dead two, every time it doesn't oh. matter. Lunar sale, winter sale, whatever. <laughs> there's red dead two. I'm like, I own you already. Why are you there? Anyway, uh, uh, Garrett, uh, what have you been up to? What are you playing? Oh, yeah, there you go. (laughs) You don't say. You don't say. Weird. Uh, That's great. And you've been doing the Palace uh, of the Dead there. We started streaming on Mondays with Kyle. 
Um, we do nice. a stream over on our YouTube channel. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, we're starting to do that. And so this this past week, we uh, we dipped our first toe into uh, hard modes for the Realm Reborn dungeons. Nice. Um, which there on one video, we have probably seventy comments all saying roughly to the effect, "Do you know that hard modes aren't actually hard, but they're more like sequels to the story of the dungeon?" <laughs> um, so Scott, did you know that hard modes in Final Fantasy fourteen aren't actually hard, but they're I, more like sequels to the I story or additional story to the did, dungeon? I had no idea. That's news to yeah, me. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. we did we did our first one, which uh, was freaking awesome. Yeah. Um we did uh if for, for those who know your Final Fantasy fourteen dungeons, we did uh the uh Tamtara Deepcroft hard mode. Yeah. Uh which picks up what you could easily discount as the most random like NPC aside from leveling through a realm reborn. Uh, oh. In a really interesting way. Interesting. Yeah, that game's famous yeah. for doing that. They're taking stuff that seems so like, well, I'll never see that guy again. And then later it's like, oh, huge deal yeah. with that weird NPC I thought I was never going to see again. I think that's a really yeah. cool thing that game does. Yeah, Unless so you did that. And then yeah. we, we also we did our first like steps into Palace of the Dead, which is the, the Torghast, uh, like, even though it predates Torghast. Um, sure. And that that's cool. I have since learned that a lot of, Final Fantasy 14 players use Palace of the Dead to learn new jobs or classes when they pick them up. Oh, that's interesting. Uh, because if you start a new run, it starts you at level one and it restricts your abilities. Oh, that so could be. Because yeah. like I went and picked up Red Mage. I went and picked up the Red Mage job yeah. and uh, there were so many buttons. I was just like, never mind. I'm going right back to Summoner. This is, I don't feel like learning this right now. Yeah. But apparently if I went into Palace of the Dead, it would only give me what I'm allowed to use at level one. And then you hit level two and it unlocks whatever you have for level two and so on and so forth. And you level up very quickly Mm. as you're, as you're doing a fresh run. Um, So it has this kind of life beyond what it originally launched as, as this place where a lot of people like to go and, and learn their new class that they picked up. I like when the community ends up using a thing for a thing that it wasn't intended to do. And the devs let them. I like it. Yeah, yeah. If Torghast Torghast did this, people Blizzard would patch the shit out of it if Torghast did this. They wouldn't do it. (laughs) Right? I mean, why wouldn't they? That's just the way it is. That's their MO. They'd be like, oh, you're not supposed to do that. You're using it the way we didn't intend. This isn't how you use this. Yeah. (laughs) Block. Yeah, block. (laughs) We have a very rigid belief for what this should be, and we refuse to be moved from that rigid belief. (laughs) Yeah. I hope that's changing. I feel like it might be. But I, yeah, you want to fly conveniently? You don't want to spend... Two months grinding rep for flying? Too bad. That's what we want to do, even though it used to be convenient. And yeah. we used to actually design lands around it. Mm-hmm. Oh, and yeah. also, no flight whistle for you. Yeah, no flight whistle. <laughs> oh, my gosh, the flight whistle. <laughs> yeah. The, oh, yeah. And then ugh. let's take away the one thing that made it somewhat bearable. Yeah, made yeah. it so you just didn't want to kill yourself. Gosh, dang it. Good all job, right. guys. Good job. Always have a flight whistle handy. Uh, all right. There you go. That's what we've been up to. That's going to do it for today's show. I want to thank some patrons who supported us uh, here recently. ML Dirks. I love that name. Uh, he signed up at the common level. We got Timothy Coley also at the common level. And at the Warforged level, we love that level. We got Daniel Cat. Uh, those are just three of the many patron, patrons who are now supporting us. And we'd love to see you there, too. It's a new month, a chance to hop on board and be a part of backing us. So check it out. That's patreon.com slash instance. And you can learn all about what you get when you go there. Let's wrap around the table the, and find the out what people The pre-show is hilarious. You should really sign up and get the pre-show. <laughs> yeah, you should get the pre-show because it's about, we, today we talked about Boba Fett. No spoilers. We talked about, uh, I haven't seen it yet. A little bit so. of spoilers. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I haven't seen a single episode. Neither has Joss. And it wasn't the kind of spoiler where we were like, oh, no, no, I can't believe you said it. Yeah. It's or just, now I don't I even spoil have to anything that, that, yeah, yeah. I did mile high, like, uh, just, you know, uh, pretty down, obvious stuff. Everything. Sure. Yeah. So we talked a bunch yeah, about that. If you're on that. Twitter, you know what I said. Yeah. So <laughs> we use that time to talk kind of about what's just on our heads. So if you think that sounds interesting, great time to sign up. Patreon.com slash instance. Let's let everyone talk about what they have coming up this week. Jocelyn, what do you got going? Uh, I've actually been streaming on Friday nights on uh, over on Twitch. So if you guys are interested, then head on over to twitch.tv slash jossplays, J-O-C-E plays. Um, I've been playing Hearthstone, but I'm putting a poll out every uh, Friday afternoon to see what people want me to play. And I mean, Hearthstone just crushes everything else right now. But, you know, maybe people get sick of watching me lose. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Maybe they'll get around it. You can play that scary game again. Whatever the hell is it yeah. called? Da- da- by Daily by Lipsilosum Lopsin. All right. Anyway. Yeah, that one. <laughs> hey, Garrett. <laughs> 
Dawn of the Deadlight. Eric <laughs> Garrett, what are you doing? I mean, you mentioned some of it. Tell us more about uh, the YouTube uh, thing. Yeah, we're you know we're we're doing a little bit more over at YouTube.com/slash/amovetv. We're still doing. Uh, Kyle and me are putting up a new Final Fantasy 14 video every Wednesday morning, but now we are also doing a Monday stream at around two o'clock Eastern, eleven a.m. Pacific. So if you want to come hang out with us uh, live, we stream it right there on the YouTube channel. So if you're already subscribed, because I know you love the Final Fantasy 14 videos. Uh, you should get go live notifications. You can just hang out right there, chat with us, hang out, tell us how to run dungeons. Nice. We've been going in the dungeons blind, and chat has just been like giving us tips, and it's been working out really well. So far, no one's bold face lied to us to get us to die for their own amusement. Well, you never know when those guys are going to creep up, but I'm glad to hear they have left you alone. That's fantastic. Uh, quick note, uh, the uh, retro show I do now is doing gangbusters. We're doing real great. Check it out. Play Retro, it's called. Get it wherever you get your podcast. This week or next week, we talk about the run-and-gun genre that started in the 80s and continued through most of the 90s, and even today, things like Contra, Metal Slug. If any of these sound interesting to you or that you remember plugging quarters into these things or buying them on consoles, well, the good news is we're going to be talking about those. So check that out on Mondays, and you can find that podcast wherever you get your shows. That's going to do it for us, for me, for Garrett, for Jocelyn. We'll see you next time. This show is part of the Frog Pants Network. Yes. Get more at frogpants.com.